Hello and welcome to another Acadie Magazine Connecting Communities podcast. In this episode, we speak to former university lecturer Dr. Marlene Ellis, a professional copywriter at The Hat Trick and the founder of www.blackbreastcancer.com. Dr. Ellis is a breast cancer survivor who created the website at the end of 2021 to provide a single source platform for black women and men across the world to be informed, supported and empowered when navigating their own breast cancer journeys. Although the incidence of breast cancer among black women is lower than their white counterparts, black women's survival rates are lower. Is the reason environmental or is it genetic? Marlene tells us more. I, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2017 and I didn't realise until I'd got that diagnosis two things. One, that I didn't know much about breast cancer, even though it'd been around me and I've got friends and people who, who had breast cancer and I'd been supportive, but it's not until I had my own diagnosis that I realised but what do I think of it for myself? I'd never asked myself that question. Why would I? And the other thing is that I wanted to find out what I wanted for myself through the experiences of other Black women. Because at that moment when I was diagnosed, my mistrust of the health system heightened to a level I had never been conscious of. I thought I had the kind of... A, sort of a moderate mistrust, a, a healthy mistrust. But once I was diagnosed with cancer, the C, I really realised, hang on a minute, wait, 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 do I, do I want chemotherapy? It was not any woman. I wanted to know what black women, people need, what, what, what's the experience? What do you think I should do? And I, I've been in Brixton for 20 odd years. I'm surrounded in black culture, black people. And yet I really only knew one person that I could approach. I couldn't find anything, a sort of a go-to place. Mm. I suddenly thought, how come it's, it was like a silent thing, you know, and and Juliet was the person. And I, I really feel, what would I have done without her? Because what she did is she put me on a path. She said, okay, she, she took her, her bra off, said, these are the scars, this is what happened to me. Da, da. So I had a context to say, okay, my breast cancer is different. And then she gave me a book, you need to read this book. And that book helped me to think objectively, but it was a white book for, by a white man about the relationship of cancer to health. It was an important book, but it was a general book. And so I then started my treatment. I, I feel I just went into chemo blindly. I just, I was on the conveyor belt because I didn't know enough about the alternatives. And they said, you know, you need to act pretty fast. So I went down that road and the oncologist told me that there's a problem. This is just in South London. There's a problem with black women, you know, breast cancer, that they're dying 40% faster than white women. I go, why? And she said, it's because of mistrust. They don't trust us. They delay. By the time they get to us, it's too late. I was shocked by that. And all these reasons were why I really, that website represents 
what I wanted to find when I was diagnosed. You know, yeah. I want everything pulled together as a free resource. And we only focus on black men and women from an African heritage. And I tried to open a Facebook group, yeah. only black women. And, and I had all kinds of, this is racist. What about Asian women? Whatever. But I followed the data. I followed the research. I said, no, we need to look at ourselves. Um, there's a slightly different profile for Asian women and so on. So I've set it up so that it's independent. It will never be a charitable status. I mean, that's really, really powerful. And actually, you touched on some points that I wanted to mention. So the first one was this mistrust within our community, which goes back lots of decades. There's lots of examples that we can point to in the past and more recent ones. Is that the only reason why we seem to have a proclivity to it than our white counterparts? Well, first of all, I think this thing about mistrust works both ways. Our first generation have a huge amount of trust in the health system, our elders, and they have so much trust that when they go into a doctor and the doctor says, oh, it's nothing, da, 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 they worry about wasting doctor's time. So on the one side of it, doctors do not take us seriously. And there's a history of believing we're more capable of enduring more pain. You might exaggerate. It's not so serious. So the research makes clear that they do not refer us as quickly as white women to go and get examined. So there's that side of it. And that's an awfully important side because many, many black women, especially young black women, feel they're not taken seriously. So that's extremely important. And then you've got this other side of mistrust, this fear of can I give you my body and you take precious care of it? History suggests you might not. So I need to, you know, and then there is a procrastination. There is a real thing about that, that we've got to get ourselves diagnosed earlier. And so we do have to challenge ourselves. And I hope that's why Black Breast Cancer really serves that website so that Black women can go and listen to another Black woman Go and listen to their experience and maybe that will make it a bit easier to say, all right, I'll, I'll go and get at least myself checked a bit early. So it's these two sides and they are at least equal. The lack of trust in their medical system and the, 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 the poverty of doctors taking black patients as seriously as they do their white patients. So when you put these two things together, if neither of them serve us. So even if we decided, right, we're going to go and seek help from a professional and we've seen, you know, we've talked to other black women and men who have experiences and we know that we need to go and get ourselves checked out. I think the next step is that, well, will you take care of my body? I mean, we're not yeah. we're not professionals. What can we do to make sure that they do do that? Yeah, so the, the most important thing is to go in informed get informed yourself don't just be passively trusting a doctor so you work together 
in partnership, when you make a decision together, and you can only be in partnership if you get yourself a little bit educated. That's why that website is not too much medical language. I'm not a medical doctor, so I, you know, I'm not good at using medical language anyway. But I've tried to normalize it as much as possible because it's just about getting yourself informed. So it's about really thinking about is the mammogram an important thing that you should be taking? Should you be asking for a different type of screening? If you do think you should be asking for a different, there's a place where you can look at all the different types of breast screening you can look at so that you can say, well, I think I ought to have an ultrasound instead of a a mammogram. My breast is swollen. There's no lump. So I think the mammogram won't help me. So it's just to get yourself more informed first because that's where your power is. Then when you go to your doctor, you work together. You don't walk in passively and just obey the doctor blindly, mm-hmm. nor do you dismiss the doctor blindly, but you we're responsible for getting ourselves informed. And I wasn't informed myself. All of this comes after I was diagnosed mm-hmm. that I became informed. I'm interested to find out what's happening on the African continent and in other black nations as well. So yes. yeah, yeah. It- I think it's really important because there's a pattern in the UK, in Africa and in uh, America and across Europe. The pattern is this. As African women, we tend to get breast cancer younger than white women on average. And this is the case whether you are indigenous Africans or in the the diasporic African. And that's a big deal because the system is that you don't get a mammogram and automatic until you reach the 50s. But if you're a woman of African heritage, that needs to come much earlier. So first of all, we need to start an activism in the UK even to get mammograms earlier for women of African heritage. There's an amazing oncologist who works in Chicago from Nigeria. Her, her name is Dr. Olopede. She did a research from her Chicago school and she drew comparisons between African-American women having triple negative breast cancer, which is the most aggressive, serious breast cancer you can have that is said to be disproportionately associated to women of African heritage. And she found a similar pattern in Ghana. So they took a research group over to Ghana to try and understand what was the relationship. Now, her interest is is on the genetic side. So Mm. really trying to get more finite into the detail of the genetic patterns. What's the distinctions? What are the similarities? You're likely to be more vulnerable to this triple negative breast cancer. Now, the argument is in Africa and the Caribbean, this is the explanation why we have this similar thing. But the most recent research in Philadelphia suggests that this might not be true. You see, either we're arguing that that Western idea of of the African body being unhealthy. Yeah. or, Or breast cancer is happening from outside of the body in the environment. Is it an environmental issue or is it because it's an internal issue? It's either outside or inside, but on the most simplistic level. Mm. Now, we can say probably that we as African women 
of African heritage, wherever we are in the world, are disproportionately poor, disproportionately lacking access to good quality health, disproportionately have a lack of insurance, disproportionately have these things. So I'm not a medical doctor, I'm an educationalist doctor, but I fancy that this is more to do with environmental issues and that all diseases ultimately are grounded in poor health. And if you give African women a healthier life, equal access to good health care, I think we would see these patterns, you know, improve. So at the same time, I'm not a geneticist. There are real arguments, there are real discussions around the mutated BRCA gene. The mutated BRCA gene is a real thing. Mm. And it does correlate with breast cancer. Whether it correlates biologically or scientifically with African women is the part that I question. And the truth is this. None of us know because there is an insufficient amount of investment in this research. There's an insufficient amount of, of us that take part in clinical trials. And so until that part develops, then... It's all speculative. And you take us nicely into that question about mistrust versus getting involved in clinical trials and almost like this vicious cycle that is created that we see again and again now with COVID and it's happened before. So to break that cycle, does it mean just having to step outside of that comfort zone and take a risk? Is that what we need to do? I have referred to this on the website. I think we've got to mitigate that risk. So if we're going to take part uh, to give people confidence, don't just sign up for clinical trials. Be more demanding about what commitment does the trial have to the Black community. Demand that the family be participants. uh, If they're not participants in the clinical trial, They are participants in the development of what's going on, the progress of the trial. So that what we do is we no longer sign up as as rabbits, just, you know, have my body and I'll just blindly trust you. I don't think we should do that. Mm -hmm. I think that we should make demands upon the trial that they show a commitment to the community that they say that they are researching. And on the website, you will see there are certain questions you can ask and say, this is what we demand of you. So that it's not just the participant, but it's the family that's watching, that becomes a part of that extended involvement of that trial so that we're no longer on our own and have them sign up as a real genuine part of I'm working for the community. We are not working for you independently of you working and being of service to the community. So Mm. I think we need to get that balance better Mm. before, so that we can have some control in these research structures. Are you aware of any research that is happening in that way that we can participate in? Um, There's lots of stuff going on in America, but it's a good question, actually. I, I should, that's probably my next step. What I am doing at the moment is I want a call out for all African oncologists. And I really would like to create a database 
mm-hmm. of um, an interview, I don't care whether you're male or female, if you're African heritage oncologists, I really want to create a special space so that we get it from the experts and they are better positioned as medical experts of breast cancer to really say, let's create a space for them so that we can follow how they see the world. Because I think that's what's missing on the website is like, let's get a real body of African oncologists that are interested in an African heritage centered development of challenging breast cancer because um you know it doesn't always follow that just because you're a black person that you're interested in black issues and and nor do you have to be yeah but this is where this website is coming from and the other part is that i am writing proper courses so that we don't just go through this process if we do choose the chemical route of getting better on breast cancer, that we really need to do, how do we change our lifestyle and thinking? And, you know, what do we give back? What do we learn? What do we help for the next generation? Mm. And um, so to be able to drill down a bit deeper so that we are really making deeper changes for our next generation. Because the whole thing for us at this time is to get earlier detection, male or female. If we're going to save our lives, The first thing we have to do is to get our breast cancer detected much earlier. Women can be as early as 28, black women with breast cancer. And then when they go to the doctors at a young age, they're not taken seriously. And the expectation is that they wouldn't have breast cancer at Mm -hmm. that age. So we have to get smarter, more informed. Really, we've got to sort ourselves out. If we don't do it, then I have no idea who who will. I'm just wondering if you're not looking for a lump or, you know, some of these, you mentioned rashes or just it feeling swollen. What if you don't have any symptoms at all and you're in your 20s and you're not expecting it? I don't want to encourage people to think they've got breast cancer for no reason. Mm. You know, what's normally happening is that you feel odd, you feel different, you feel a lump, you mm. feel something's not right. Maybe your breast just feels hot, mm. it's not swollen, there's no lump, but it feels hot, it feels different. Mm. And you know it feels different, but you choose to not check it out. That's the main problem, that it's delayed because you think, ah, oh, you know, I, I think... Go and check it out. Um, you feel better for knowing one way or the other. But if you're young, take someone with you because if you know you're going to have a doctor. Oh no, no, don't be ridiculous. There's some that your GP probably does not know that you could have breast cancer as a young woman. Mm. Your GP probably doesn't even have that knowledge. You have to get yourself informed. So when they say, oh, no, 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 don't, it's, you know, it's, it's nonsense, you know, it's too, far too young to have breast cancer, get, refer, have reference, go to something, you know, if it's not my website, go, go to blackdoctor.org. I mean, I do reference them, but so that you feel you can say, well, actually, I'm, I, as I'm a young woman of African heritage, I am susceptible to breast cancer at this age. 
you might like to check this out, doctor. You don't have to be rude, but do not assume those doctors have the same interest, the same knowledge about our bodies as we've got to have for ourselves. We are really responsible for knowing more about our situation. I don't want to make people feel, I need to just go and check I've got breast cancer because I'm a young black woman. I'm not, you know, I mean, live your life and enjoy your life and have fun as you should as a young person. Do not think about breast cancer. If you're breastfed, fine. Go and have a beautiful life. It's really about when you suspect and you worry. And if you feel too scared to go to a doctor or to tell anyone or you're worried, go and listen to over 100 testimonies on blackbreastcancer.com. Listen to a few people. Read a couple of the pages. There's films. If you don't want to listen to people, choose a film. Look at a film. If you're somebody who likes to read, there are academic books. There are stories. There are light books. There are heavy books. It's all in one place. And it's for you as Black people to give yourself some choice. But do not isolate yourself and never feel that you're on your own. And that's the sense I get from looking at your website. I mean, there's so much information. I just have to applaud you for the work that you've done, especially, I mean, I'm not sure when you started, but you were going through this really life-changing experience in your life and having the wherewithal to also decide I've got to do this as well. That must have been really tough. But yeah, when you look on the website, I like the way you've broken it down into the different regions so that people can find out about the different continents and the data that's related to those places. But also you mentioned the films that are related to our community as well, because these are black films, aren't they? Yeah. And I mean, there's there's lots of African-American films, but there's some lovely Nigerian films, you know, and, and um, there and it's good to read the stories of people that are not from your community. And if anybody knows of any films that are missing from that catalogue, please let me know. Any book, please let me know. Let's build it up. And if any of you feel that you now want to add your own YouTube testimony, do it. And then, then we add to communicating with each other. What do you think needs to be told that hasn't been told? Mm. And let's build this up like a bank of knowledge between us so that we are talking to each other globally mm. and get to know what's happening across the globe. Because what's happening in Ghana, what's happening in Nigeria. Let's get to know each other's stories. Mm. You know, and the more we know, the more we hear, the more we can share good practice, the more we can decide this is what we need. Mm. Have more confidence, make more demands. So share, contribute, share, contribute. That's what this website is designed to do. And please tell us the address for the website and how people can contact you with that information. The, the website is at www.blackbreastcancer.com. My email address is info at blackbreastcancer.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. Marlene credits her friend Juliet Amwar as one of her key supports when she was dealing with her cancer diagnosis. In part two, we meet Juliet, also a breast cancer survivor, and hear more about Marlene's experiences, the website, and what you can do to keep yourself informed. The music in this episode is called Life No Day Easy by Chechukwu and the Super Pong Stars. 
and is a special remix exclusively for Akadi magazine. Super Upon Stars is a high-octane patchwork of Ghana's indigenous genres, including palm wine music, high life, Afrobeat and Afro-funk. You can find out more about the band on their Instagram, Super Upon Stars. And if you'd like to listen to more podcasts like this, visit www.acadimagazine.com. Thank you.